Attention. 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 Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2011, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. Call 1-800-522-1164. Develop to fully immerse you in your new language. The Rosetta Stone solution is easier than ever before. For your free demo, call 1-800-522-1164. 1-800-522-1164 Life is supersonic, we've got to be the body to rock it Like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it's a rocket like you're never gonna see us again It is 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this November 1st, 2011. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything. My name is Joe Buccino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Woo! Doing great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't believe it's November 1st already. Yeah, sir. It's uh, it's crazy. It's exciting. It's, it's different. It's absolutely PG, sir. That is the only way to put it, and... Uh, here we are, another month, sir. We are about a week away from 11 months on the air, and I tell you, it's exciting. It is, and uh, it's almost uh, close to our year anniversary of us trying to do PG on YouTube, as you recall, with uh, our Survivor Series breakdown results and uh, preview. Yeah, sir, uh, you're right. It's it's. We did our 30-minute show. We did it quick, and it, it wasn't what we expected it to be, but here we are, sir, just uh, excited and thrilled about what is going on in the world of pure gold? Hopefully tonight's all about the money, money. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, sir. Hopefully it will be about that money, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get the show on the road, let's give out the contact information. Folks, as always, if you'd like to be a part of our show, you can call us, 714-364-4721. Once again, 714-364-4721. You can check out our uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that other goodness at our website, puregoldpg.com. JB? Thank you, sir. So uh, the baseball season is over, DG, and uh, let me tell you, when we were last on the air Thursday night, we were going to win. You know, we were in for a great treat as baseball fans. Game six proved to be probably one of the best games, if not the best playoff game ever in the history of baseball. What did you think? Uh, it was amazing, sir. It was wild. It was exciting. It was a crazy game. Unfortunately, the my beloved, you know, lifelong uh, fan of the Texas Rangers did not win. They were not able to get the job done. I was shocked and appalled and disgusted when Josh Hamilton hit that home run to go up nine to seven, sir. I thought, faux show, it was the Rangers' night. But it wasn't. It was not meant to be. The, the Cardinals came back, an amazing run, a legendary run. And here we are, sir, in the aftermath of the 11th Cardinals World Series Championship. Tony La Russa has retired, or is going to retire. And, sir, uh, it's just unbelievable. All I can say is it was unbelievable. That game six was an all-time classic, probably the, the best ever. And uh, words can't describe, sir. To come back 
two innings in a row, the ninth and the tenth inning, something that's never been done, to be down two runs in the ninth, two runs in the tenth, and win it in the eleventh, so that may never happen again. I know, and we talk about it being such a great game, but it was so sloppy in the beginning. You had five errors among the two teams, and uh, I guess it was just the drama of the ninth and tenth inning of the Cardinals being able to come back twice on the Rangers. Rangers were one strike away. They could taste the champagne, and it was taken all away from them by the St. Louis Cardinals. As the kiddies like to say, save the drama for your mama. Um, there's just no other way around it. The fact that they were able to come back and, and you know, the, have that catalyst with David Freeze and all these guys, it just goes to show you, sir, one more strike, one more strike, and we're talking about the first World Series championship in Texas Rangers history, and instead we're talking about a devastating Game 6 loss, a devastating series loss, to so the type of which I personally believe the Rangers will never recover from. To make it to the World Series is extremely difficult. To do it two years in a row, even harder. To lose two years in a row and to lose in the devastating fashion that they lost this year, being up by, you know, so many times in the last game, or the sixth game, I, I don't see them ever recovering from it, sir. I really just do not see the Texas Rangers ever being able to, to, to come back and win. It's just, if I was the uh, general manager, I would get rid of every single member of the bullpen because they absolutely slopped it up. When we look back at 2011, I mean, we look at the, the two powerhouses at the beginning of the season. We discussed how, I mean, I pretty much agree with you that Boston would meet Philadelphia in the World Series because of just yep. their pitching. And in the end, it was a team that really was not even in contention for the wild card until maybe uh, until September 1st. And then all of a sudden, the Cardinals went on this magical ride. And it was just like, you know, you talk about the 69 Mets, the Miracle Mets, talk about the amazing 86 Mets by them coming back in game six, but you, you, you look at this team, sir, and you look at the Cardinals' ride, and you can see that Tony LaRusso has really nothing nothing else to manage. Like He doesn't need to come back. He goes out being a champion at his all-time high. This team made the playoffs on the last game of the, the, last game of the season. They beat the Phillies in Philadelphia with Roy Holiday, on the mound, one nothing, classic game. They were able to beat the Brewers, and then they went on this magical ride and were able to beat the Rangers. I mean, you can ask and script a better story for the St. Louis Cardinals if you're a St. Louis fan. And Tony LaRusso goes out on top. I mean, I I I know it was a little shocking to hear that Tony LaRusso retired, but I mean, there's nothing else for the guy to prove. It's great for him to retire right about now. Sir, he's got three World Championships. He's one of the only managers to ever have one in each league. Um, I mean, like you said, what else is there? What else could there possibly be? He absolutely did an amazing job. He's a great manager, one of the all-time greats. Been managing for 33. So he's been managing as long as you've been alive and longer than I have been before I was even born. So that goes to show you that he has been getting it done and he's been effective. So you know what, Tony? See ya. Great <laughs> job by Tony Larusa. He is an absolute. Yeah, you know, he's a class. He's a class act. Um, I mean, some of his explanations for what happened or what may not have happened were, were kind of flaky. But, you know, bottom line, three world championships, you know, countless playoff runs, you, you just can't script it any better. Yeah, and now I guess the hot stove baseball begins. And, you know, we already had our first signing or re-signing, if you will. CC Sabathia re-signed with the Yankees. No real big surprise there, but he did get more money. And, um, you know, I guess he needs – the money for his diet because you know the guy eats like a horse, and you know Brian like Cashman horse, also resigned. Yeah, and Brian Cashman also resigned with the Yankees. So Yankees are already making some off-season moves or re-signings, if you will. And 
the hot stove baseball season is upon us, sir. Yes, it is. Hot stove baseball is here. It is in full effect. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're, you know, it's Albert Pujols going to re-sign with the Cardinals. Who knows? I can't imagine him leaving after this. And, uh, again, you know, it's just why would you want to leave after you just won the World Series in such an incredible fashion? I mean, Albert wasn't even a big part of, of the World Series, which is the best part. But it goes to show you the kind of prolific player he was in the postseason and the type of prolific player he is in the regular season. Um, just an all-time great, one of the greatest, if not the greatest right-handed hitters you'll ever see. So, um, you know, we'll see where that goes. There's obviously the Mets and Jose Reyes. And let me ask you this. Sir, how unintelligent are the New York Mets to say, you know what, we're not going to set the market. We're not going to offer Jose a contract. We're going to wait for other teams to offer him a contract and see what happens. Basically what the Mets are saying is we're we're in a lose-lose situation. As a fan, this is how I see it. They're either going to lose Reyes, which is bad, or they're going to have to overpay him to keep him, which they can't afford to do so. How do they win? Either way, what I say is go in there, give him an offer, a solid offer, five years, 90 million, whatever the case is, but something that he can sink his teeth into, say, you know what, this is what we want, this is where we're going, you know, do you want to be a part of this team? Use that five-day uh, window, 15-day, whatever it is. I thought it used to be 15 after the World Series. Apparently it's only five now. Um, use that window, that exclusivity, and get the guy signed. Don't let him hit the open market and let the other teams decide, you know what, this is what he's worth. Because you're going to get something a la Jason Worth. Somebody's going to give him five years, you know, $200 million, obviously uh, using a little exaggeration there, folks. But five years, $120, $130, 140000000 And you know what, you're going to lose him. There's no way he's coming back at that point. So the Mets are basically prepared to move on without Reyes. And what excitement is there going to be? Yeah, the Mets moved in the, the fences, as you, as you saw, sir. Left center field is going from... I think 371 to 358, so that's a 13-foot difference. And right center is going from, uh, uh, I think, 398 to, like, 370. It's a, it's a pretty big jump, sir. But, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on, on, the, on the Mets and give me your thoughts on the, the whole moving the, the, the fences in. Yeah, I mean, when when I look at the Mets or when I listen about the Mets or when I read about the Mets, it just gives me one big headache. I mean, for the Mets not to give Jose Reyes an offer within that five-day window – that they have is just asinine. Uh, I was telling you in our production meeting, I would throw an offer to him that is pretty uh, comparable to what he's going to be offered out there. And then I will also say, listen, Jose, we're going to give you this offer right now, but if you go out looking and shopping for other teams and you don't find what you're looking for and you come back crawling to us, well, not crawling back to us, but if you if you want to come back to us, we're not going to have that same offer. So I would you know, use my leverage with those five days, and I would do one of those take-it-or-leave-it deals with Jose Reyes. If he decides to, to go test the market, so be it. But guess what? If he wants to come back to my team, the Mets, then he's not going to get that same offer that I offered him during that five-day window. The whole fact that the Mets took three years to um, bring in the fences and lower the fences is just also asinine. I mean, did it really take them three years to realize that their their team is a team that does not hit home runs? I mean, from top to bottom, I guess, you know, getting rid of Omar Minaya and Jerry Manuel was a great move and getting Samuel Olsen and um, Collins as their manager. But um, I just think that it starts from the top, and I, I, I don't understand sometimes what they're what they're thinking. I mean, they got the resources. They have the money. They're not going to owe that much money to the whole, you know, Bernie Madoff scheme. Um, so, I think if you throw a contract to Jose Reyes and then you start building around Jose Reyes, hopefully, if he signs. If not, then get some pitching. I know there's not a lot of pitching out there, but you know what the Mets do compared to what I just saw in the playoffs, DG, 
I don't think the Mets will ever be where the Cardinal, where the like the Cardinals were, and where the Yankees are every year. I absolutely agree, sir. Now, um, you know what, sir? I'm going to have to put this on hold for a second because, uh, you know, I'm looking here in the uh, call menu and we have an, an unknown number. So I'm going to go ahead and take that and see if this is our, our guest for the evening, folks. Uh, we had uh, we've scheduled tonight the one and only Shad Gaspard, who is a former member of Crime Time, formerly of the WWE, a very talented, excellent performer. And uh, let's see uh, if we have him on the line. Hi, this is Pure Gold. Is this Shad? It is. Surprise. Hey, Shad, <laughs> my man. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. My name is uh, David. I'm the co- co-host here at Pure Gold, and I'm joined with my partner, I know, Joe. Dave. I know, <laughs> just, just want to make sure. Uh, listen, you know, we really appreciate you. We really appreciate you giving us a few minutes, and, uh, you know, let's get right into this. Uh, one of the things that Joe and I always ask, uh, you know, the wrestlers that have been on the show, one thing that fascinates us as fans is what got you into wrestling as a performer? What got you into that in the first place? Did you grow up as a wrestling fan? And, uh, you know, how, how did you get involved? Uh, yeah, actually, I did grow up as a wrestling fan. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, you know what I'm saying? And um, in New York, uh, at Madison Square Garden when we were younger, WWE used to come there like every month, like every few weeks, you know what I'm saying, like uh, like twice a month. And so my pops used to take me and my uh, older brother down there. And, uh, you know, being West Indian, we got into wrestling right away. I mean, in West Indian community, wrestling was pretty big. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, growing up here in New Jersey, uh, I remember as a, my my uncle, my dad, you know, going to Madison Square Garden, uh, checking out the events. So, you know, we definitely know know where you're coming from on that. Now, uh, who trained you to become a pro wrestler? Um, actually, I started training first with uh, Pez Watley and Sergeant Dwayne Bruce. And they got me prepared to go down to OVW. And then once I got okay. to OVW, uh, I started getting trained by a an army of different trainers, but um, literally everybody was, was well worth it. From uh, Jim Cornette, who trained me a lot on talking and how to talk to people. Yeah, uh, yes. Cornette and uh, Paul Heyman really taught me a lot on promos and stuff like that. Uh, Lance wow. Storm, you know what I'm saying, who has a magnificent <laughs> mind for, for wrestling. Definitely. Yeah, uh, Tommy Dreamer helped me out a lot. You know, he, Tommy Dreamer actually hired me twice. <laughs> he hired me one time. And uh, the contract didn't go through, and then he hired me a few months later, like about two months later. So he was like, all right, now it's going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Al Snow, who hands down, you know, saying, he used to punch me in the head, you know, saying for being stupid, but <laughs> thank God he did because that meant he cared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Well, that's literally a who's who. You know, you have uh, Jim Cornette, one of the all-time great promoters of Smoky Mountain Wrestling and everything he did with the WWE. Um, you have Paul Heyman, who's obviously famous from ECW. Lance Storm, who's one of our all-time favorite wrestlers, and Tommy. I mean, just like the list goes on and on. So you really were trained by the by the best of the best. Now, um, give us your take on your overall time in the WWE. Uh, what would you say about that? I mean, do you feel it was a success? Uh, uh, do you feel it was a success? And uh, what would you like to have happen that maybe did not happen in your time there? Well, overall, this is something we're, we're taught in OVW uh, when we first come to the door. And the, do you guys do you guys know the average lifespan of a developmental pro wrestler? Uh, six months? months. You know what? You guys actually close it's, it. it has, it's actually eight months to a year. That's the average oh, wow. lifespan of somebody who uh, is in development pro wrestling. Now, do you know the average lifespan of a WWE pro wrestler once you get on the road? Two years. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so 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 you gotta think about it. The average lifespan, if you're in developmental, 
is eight months. The average lifespan, if you're in developmental and then go on the road, is two years. I was with the company for eight years. Wow. Okay? And so I kind of outlived a lot of my friends who, to this day, I consider to be way better than me uh, as pro wrestlers, way better than Mike Mondo, who I think is an amazing pro wrestler, Kenny Dykstra, again, another amazing pro wrestler. Dykstra, yeah, I've outlived I a lot. I outlived a lot of guys' careers, and I had a really successful career. And I got to main event. I mean, I got to main event on TV and be in some really high caliber matches with some top guys. So as far as my time spent, I spent it really well. Wow, that's awesome. Now, yeah. Now, Shad, you were. I mean, you as Crime Time were pretty much very popular and over with the crowd. And me and DG thought you'd be a lock for like multiple tag team championships, but that didn't really happen. Uh, why do you think that was the case? You know what, guys? There's so many different reasons, and uh, it it goes to a point from one time we were told that you know we were already over, so we didn't need the titles, and we're like, okay, we accepted that that answer. And then another time we got told that we're too much like uh, what's the guy's name, Luke and Bo. You know what I'm saying? The Bushwhackers. Yeah. Like we're, yeah. We're kind of we're kind of like a Bushwhacker tag team. We're a comedy team. So then we started wrestling more and doing more technical stuff in our matches. And then we got told to, you know, we're we're doing we're being too technical. So for all the wow. reasons that for all the reasons that we weren't tag team champions, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I got right now. There's a mountain of them. You know what I'm saying? But for all the reasons that we should have been, there's only one. And that's you know, plain and simple fact we were over. Now will it ever happen again in the future? God only knows, you know what I'm saying? But right. for right now, Jay like I actually I was hanging out with J T G last week, you know what I'm saying? And you know, we were, we we talk we like we kind of touched on it a little bit in conversation, and then literally right in the middle, we both looked at each other and said, "You know what? Why the hell are we talking about this? Let's enjoy." <laughs> you know, they were like, "Yo, what the hell are we talking about? Yo, let's let's, let's go to this comedy show." <laughs> you know, so. Hey, Shad, I'm going to set the record straight right here on Pure Gold. You were definitely not like the Bushwhackers. They were, well, let's just say Bush League. I mean, you guys were legit. You had the crowd eating out of your hands. It was all about the money, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking that Ted DiBiase should have been the one that trained you because you came up with that great gimmick. And everyone, I mean, if you if you went up to a crowd right now and said it's about the money, money, I guarantee you hear, yeah, yeah. I know, but you know what it is, man. You know, uh, when you're in the world WWE, there's a lot of opinions being thrown right. at creative app about you. You know what I'm saying? Some people's opinions have to do what's good for business. Some people's opinions have to do with personal feelings. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of wrestlers get caught up in that, you know, whirlwind of business and personal. And a right. lot of guys' careers have been made and have been broken, you know, not for business reasons but for personal reasons, you know, as well. Right. So it's like, you know, it's it's, it's a – you know, I always, always like don't like when fans, you know, talk about the business and they ne- and like talk about the company, and they've never worked a day in the company, <laughs> and then they right. they talk bad about guys who have worked in the company for years, and they tell them, oh, this guy's gonna be talking about he's a liar, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so it's one of, it's one of those things where you really can't understand the beast unless you've been inside of it. So, right. What about just in terms of your in-ring character? I mean, do you prefer being a heel or a face? You know what? Honestly, on on a daily basis, it's, it, in a match, it really doesn't matter to me. You know, okay. I can be whatever you know is needed, but I prefer being a babyface, just because I can't. Just because I'm I'm like in, like in, in real life, I'm not a mean guy because I know I could hurt anybody I want to hurt. You know, 
like this, like there's a certain amount of guys who I know that if you know, like I'll punch somebody in the face and take an ass with them all day long. You know what right. I'm saying? And that's just, that's the type of man I am. You know, but there's only a certain amount of guys who can give me that ass open. But you know, going to every fight, I'm already committed to losing, so I'm committed to winning. You know, saying you know what I'm saying? So yeah, being yep. that kind of guy that is like that in real life, so that I'm so I'm very nice because I don't ever want to take it to that level. It's hard for me to be angry all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely interesting you say that because, you know, you have most people or most of uh, people that we interview, they tell us that they prefer going, uh, prefer being healed than face. So it's it's definitely interesting to get that point of view. Um, what about just being a tag team or solo? Do you like to be, uh, you know, a solo competitor or in the tag team division? You know what, honestly, man, it all depends on who my partner is. I've had, you know, I've, I've tagged with a lot of great guys and a lot of, you know, sucky guys. I mean, me and Joey Mercury were a tag team for a while. Me and Ken Dykstra were a tag team. Me and Bobby Lashley tag team in OVW. Like, you know, I tagged uh, me and Mike Mondo tag team together. I tagged him with a lot of guys who I liked. And then I tagged him with a bunch of guys I, I just didn't care for. You know, Amish Roadkill. Me and him were a tag team. And I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, uh, Nigel McGinnis, I, hands down, I think he's a great technical wrestler. But Definitely. me and Nigel just don't get along together in the ring. You know what I'm saying? So it depends yeah. who I'm with in a, in a match that I'll like to tag team. If it's somebody I can have fun with, awesome. If it's somebody who's just so technical that they don't want to have fun and everything has to be serious and everything has to be planned out, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I just can't really, you know, click with them that well. As far as doing singles, man, I love doing singles. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I I, I like variety in my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to be. I don't like doing singles completely. I like to do both things, you know. You know, Chad, you mentioned something that I found interesting. Well, you mentioned a lot of things that I found interesting, but one thing that jumps out at me, you talked about the whole being serious in the ring. Now, um, again, going back to Lance Storm, big fan of his. I read his blogs and everything. I, I check him out. I know Lance is, is very serious when it comes to his character or what what was his character. And uh, as far as planning things out, I know he's a, he was a good trainer and he does his academy in, in Canada. Is he the type of guy that? Um, when you train with him or when he trains people, is he the type to plan everything out or does he tell you to, to have fun because his persona, as far as TV, and obviously we don't know him personally, doesn't seem like he would be out there, you know, goofing around. He seems like he's all business. Was that what it's like? <laughs> Honestly, I think Lance is the funniest. I think Lance, Lance Storm is one of the funniest, most happy guys in the ring. <laughs> I mean, when he's in the ring, you know, I mean, he may put on the persona of serious because that's the persona he has to portray. But in real life, I mean, I've seen Lance has the biggest smile <laughs> amongst anybody if you can make him laugh. You know what I'm saying? And he likes to have fun. You know what I'm saying? He's a great father. Like when you, If you see him around his family, he's a great father and he's a cool guy. And he loves teaching. He loves, you know, you know, passing on, you know, this, this tradition that we have called wrestling, you know what I'm saying, to other generations of people and showing them how to do it. But, you know, if you if you watch him in the ring or you watch him critique your match, you know, he has fun. He enjoys watching guys do innovative, different things. You know, right, that's right. you know, that's just that's, that's an excitement you can see inside of him. You know, saying nobody like a lot of guys come into the ring, and they're so worried about the match, rather about you know the entertainment. And then you have guys who are so worried about the entertainment and not worried about the match. You know, it's one of those things where entertainers and wrestlers. You know, we're in the, we're we're both in the same business. But one can't live without the other. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah. You, I mean, some like some like some wrestlers they are more entertainers. Some wrestlers are more technical wrestlers, and some guys are blessed and lucky enough to be both. Okay, but if you don't have both sides of the coin, you ain't got nothing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting, and, you know, again, the only reason I asked about Lance is because reading his blogs and reading what he says and following him, he, he just seems to come up, he talks about joking and stuff, but in terms of his the way he sees the ring as a fan, again, outside looking in, you touched on it before how we don't really understand the business because we're not in the business, but just reading what Lance writes, it just seems like he'd be such a serious guy in the ring and then, you know, fun outside of it. Now, uh, one thing that, that I've uh, always been curious about, because, again, you read things on the Internet, nobody knows the truth, but as far as you, when your career came to an end in the WWE, um, did TNA come calling for you? Did they look you up? Because, I mean, you're you're a big dude. You know, not for nothing, you're a big dude. You're good on the mic. You have talent. Um, you, you know, again, Joe and I are big. We're big fans of you and JTG as a team. But even solo, there's so much there. Did TNA come looking for you, or was that not the case? I'd honestly, uh, you know what, um, I'm a man of my word, and I've actually told people that I wouldn't talk about like things like this, so I don't want to talk. I, so, I, so, regrettably, I have to decline talking <laughs> about it. But okay, um, okay. I can, I, I can say, I can, I can't say this, that I think TNA is a good organization, you know. And this is not a PR answer. This is not a publicity right, answer. Right. No, this is me being straight up honest with you. I actually like TNA. Right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? The only thing that the only things I don't like about TNA is that I feel like they shoot themselves in the foot, and rather than being different than WWE, they try to be exactly like WWE, you know. And they always have a great niche where they they're going the totally opposite direction of WWE, and it's so cool and it's working. And then for some strange reason, they'll see WWE do something, and they were like, "Man, we should we should we should we should do the exact same thing," rather yeah. than sticking to what they have that's unique. That's different. That's special. That makes TNA what it is, you know. And that's my only, you know, gripe with TNA. Aside from that, I think TNA is great. I think a lot of the guys who work TNA, some of them are my boys. You know, what I'm saying some of them aren't my boys. Right, right. <laughs> uh, actually, I, you know, it's one thing that's funny because um, I'm really out of the loop on a lot of wrestling things. And one of my boys is actually was actually tag team champions with Hernandez, and his name is Matt. We call him used to call him Lowrider. I forgot his name on TNA right now. Do you guys know it? Um, you're not talking about Homicide, are you? Not Homicide. Wait, not homicide. No, no, no. Homicide, no. homicide Hernandez, um, Matt, Matt, he, Matt. Is he, 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 he's with Hernandez right now as a tag team champion. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I think it's Arachnia or Ar- it's something like that. It's some version of like Anarchy, Anarchia in Spanish. That's what it is. That, that's the guy's name. That, that, that's who okay, he's yeah. uh, portraying. He's okay. a tag team partner. Yeah, his real name right. was Matt, and I met Matt back in OVW, and Matt is this guy, Matt has a wife and kid, okay, and they love him very much, and Matt used to give me rides, okay, when my car broke down from OVW to my house and to shows all the time, and this is a guy that was so hungry, he used to come to every tryout, work his ass off, bust his ass, honest to God, when I, I was on the line, I found it out, and I just started crying because I know what this guy went through, you know, right. to, to get where he's at. You know, that's the one thing that I honestly do like about TNA. They give guys like 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 that an opportunity to showcase what they can do. You know, and match one of those guys who tried out for WWE. You know, a lot of times, and every time he tried out, every time he was in the ring, 
I would always try to push him, like, oh, man, you see this guy, you see this guy. And they'd say something about his size or say something about his look. And it was, it was like little nitpicking things. But the guy is talented. You know, that's the one thing I do give TNA a lot of credit for. They give guys unknown, they give unknown talent the opportunity, you know, to succeed. And a lot of times they do, you know. So. Right. Yeah, it's interesting as you as you talk. I'm looking it up, and yeah, as a matter of fact, it's uh, Matthew is the guy's name, and he's uh, he's uh, half of the World Tag Team Champions over in TNA now. And you know, I was going to ask you about the current product, but you just answered that. Now it's interesting you touch on being uh, pushed and you know like different talent because they had James Storm as champion. Now they're they're doing the whole yeah. switch over. Bobby Roode's going to be champion, and you know they're they're trying to push their guys, but. The, the concerns that you have and what you don't like about TNA is the same stuff that we as fans don't because we want TNA to be different. We want it to be successful. We want it to be something that's it's an alternative to the WWE. But truthfully, it's not. It just it, it tries to be WWE light, and that's where it fails because the WWE that that's their niche. They do their thing, you know, good, bad, or ugly. If a wrestling promotion should try to be different, so uh, you know, it's interesting that you say that. Being that you know you you were in the business and you know the deal and you're looking at it from the inside looking in as opposed to us you know as fans just kind of like we all have our opinions but it's interesting that you feel the same way that we do. Well, you know it's like you know okay like like right like currently right now I'm an actor. That's my job. You know what I'm right. saying? I go, I go on auditions. I I've done a couple of shows right now that are going to air in January. Um, I'm I'm up for a, a couple of movie roles that I'm actually looking really forward to. I've been I've been up for a, a lot of movie roles, and a lot of them I haven't been getting, but I'm always getting callbacks, so I know I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like I'm um, I'm doing I'm doing my thing, and the one thing that always you know kind of weirds me out is a lot of my boys who are in TNA, they're not they're not in LA, you know, they're not in LA turning the other coin. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're they're deep into wrestling. They do indie shows, but there are a lot of guys who are very talented that a lot of casting directors would love to look at. You know what right. I'm saying? And I'm like, man, I want to see my boy here. And I actually like, you know, uh, Rob Terry. One of my, I, I love Rob. Rob's one of my good friends. You know what I'm saying? I went for uh, right. an audition, and I nailed it. The guy was like, oh, great, great. He's like, yeah, we're really looking for an English guy. You know what I'm saying? We want an English rock star kind of guy. And I was like, dude, I know the perfect guy. And he was like, really? He's like, so you you wouldn't mind us calling? I was like, hell no. I shot Rob the information, okay, and Rob shot it back to his manager, tried to get him a role. But the thing that pissed me off the most was, okay, if you're looking for a big, jacked-up English guy, why wouldn't you think of Rob Terry first and think of somebody like me, like, second or last? You know right. what I'm saying? And it's like, it's, and the main reason is because a lot of TNA guys, they're not in Hollywood. They're... You know, they're in TNA, and that's all they are in. And then it's like they go out to restaurants, and people are like, you know, oh, you're a wrestler? Yeah. Oh, you're with WWE? No, I'm with TNA. What's that? Right. <laughs> you know, and they have, wow. and I mean, they have a great product that they can push. You know, and they got a, a lot of people that they can push, but it's like you know, they stay within the, a small circle of guys. You know, Kurt Angle, I love the guy to death, and I curse one of my friends, cursed in a lot of great movies. But there's a lot of other guys around him that can do movies as well, you know. So yeah. you're right. And do you think do you think Shad, uh, for the most part, I mean, I'm gonna say that most wrestlers cannot do. Um, you know, I don't think their movies are that great. I mean, Stone Cold's done movies. John Cena's done movies. Now Randy Orton's getting into. Do you feel like these people 
have transcended <laughs> from wrestling into Hollywood? I mean, whoa, do you think that these are good it, movies? Hold up, John Cena does movies? <laughs> he does. <laughs> if you can call them movies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> More like train wrecks, but that's besides the point. Now, let me ask you this, Chad. Um, <laughs> you, you're joking with us about John, but um, what's he like? I mean, did you get along with him in your time in the WWE? John's John, you know. John, you know, I mean, I mean, that's just that's that's the that's that's the short end of the answer. John Cena is John Cena, and he's not going to stop being John Cena today. He's not going to stop being John Cena tomorrow. You know, Cena, Cena, and Cena's the best Cena he can be. You know what I'm saying? Whether right. that's, whether that's good for your business or my business or anybody else's, that's something that, that's something you see in the future. But you know, yeah. John is John. Some people hate him. Some people like him. You know, me, I accept everybody for who they are. You know? So. Interesting now, answer. <laughs> yeah. Now, this question, Shad, will definitely answer a lot of questions. I mean, let's just, uh, let me just ask you, knowing all the stuff that you know about the WWE and knowing your talent, is there any chance we'll ever see you back in the WWE someday? Uh, you know what? Me and Jay actually touched on that last week. You know, we were talking about it. And um, I'm really happy right now, man. Like, where I'm at right now, I... You know, I go to LA here and there, and I gotta do my I, I gotta do my job, do my auditions. You know, talk to my agent. I get callbacks, and you know, I did a TV show um, actually two weeks ago, and <laughs> it was like I was like, wow, this is awesomely great. You know, because I every time I go on set, I kind of forget the mentality I learned from WWE. That is the same. It's a totally different mentality in Hollywood. You know, and the way they treat you is kind of it's a, it's a lot different. You know, and it's just, it's one of those things where I really enjoy acting and I want to do some more things before I even consider going back. But right now, right. I'm very, very happy doing what I do. I mean, that's not to say if I got a phone call from Johnny, I wouldn't be like, and he was like, hey, kid, I want to do this with you. I'd be like, all right, well, you know, I trust Johnny. You know, I've Johnny Ace has, you know, honestly been there for me. As as you know, as in per, like in my personal life, a lot more than anybody else in the WWE office that I can even mention. So I always have a bond with him. I always have a trust with him that he's never going to blow smoke on my ass, or he's never going to tell me something that's not going to happen. You know, so. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that uh, speaking of Johnny Ace, you can definitely give him some lessons on how to speak on the microphone and how to talk to the crowd because that's one <laughs> thing. I mean, the guy may be talented behind the scenes, but. You see him on TV, I'm like, oh, that, this is this is going to be bad. You know, let's watch this. But, Shad, we what appreciate so much. Yeah, he's on TV. He's the new uh, interim uh, role general manager. <laughs> he's on TV every week, unfortunately. Really? You know, between, I know this, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, and it's bad. And, again, you know him personally, so I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. But, but he's he's one of the absolute worst on the mic I've ever heard. I mean, I'm talking terrible. Like, he's, he gets, like, kind of confused and stuff. And then you have him going in the ring with talking to John Cena, talking to CM Punk, talking to, uh, you know, whomever the case is. It, it just doesn't make for good TV. So hopefully Johnny will be able to get behind the desk and do whatever it is that he does because I'm telling you, Shad, you got to go out there. you got to give him some uh, some coaching or something because it, it's bad. You know, it, it makes for bad TV. I'm, I'm, I'm being totally honest with you right now. John, like, what about saying Johnny? Like, John Laurinaitis, not John Morris. John right? Laurinaitis, yes. He is the interim Raw general manager on TV, and he is horrible. He's bad. He's, well, he's good. 
Look, you know, he's, there was a segment. Let me give you an example. There was a segment where uh, Kevin Nash and Triple H are getting into this whole thing, and you know, Nash hit Triple H in the face with a sledgehammer and all this, all this stuff behind the scenes. When he's being himself and kind of like, "Hey, Hunter, I'm sorry. Are you okay?" Running around with no microphone in his hand, he sounds natural. When he puts the mic in his hand, he sounds as <laughs> stiff as a board. And I'm telling you, man, turn on roll one of these days when you get a well, chance. You know hey, hey, honestly, that 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 that's that's Johnny's voice. You know, Johnny Johnny's that. You know, hey kids, you gotta go do your thing right now. You know, because uh, <laughs> we need you to come back. Uh, you know, but if you come back healthy, then you're gonna be a, you're gonna be a star. You come back, uh, you know, injured, and uh, well, uh, you know what's gonna happen then. You know, you gotta, gotta put you to the back shelf. So come on, kid. <laughs> you know that's that's just Johnny's thing. You know, that's an amazing impersonation of him. Hey, honestly, Harry Smith does it way better than I do. <laughs> wow, like, that, that's good. Way, that was good. Way, 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 way better than I can. But no, nah, but Johnny's, you know, that's just Johnny, man. If you watch any of his old stuff in Japan, you know, what I'm saying. And, you know, when it's him and the Warriors and he's talking about, you know, we the guy Jings are going to take on, you know, Buddha and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, Johnny's Johnny, you know. I mean, he, I mean, it's, it's better to be normal than it's, uh, and, and shine at being normal, you know what I'm saying, than, you know, try to be somebody you're not and mess up, you know what I mean? No, that's true. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. They're, they're trying to get him to be somebody he's not on the, uh, on the screen. And I'm telling you, fans hate him. He is he is loathed by wrestling fans, by the WWE fans. You see it on the internet, other wrestling then he's shows. Doing a good people job. talk about it. Then he's doing Apparently, a good job. Gotta, I, I mean, if, that, if that's why, the case, this is the rule. This is the rule of thumb. Okay, and we used to call this the popcorn rule. If you go out there and you hear the, the popcorn guy going popcorn, get your popcorn here, and people are walking and people are walking the opposite direction of your match or whatever you're saying, then you suck. But if people are staying and they're booing you and they're bringing hatred towards you, then you're doing a good job. If they're cheering you're you right. and celebrating you, you're doing a good job. Every time Vicky Guerrero walks out there, no matter where we were, no matter what place we were, if people didn't know she was coming and they were walking those aisles to go to the concession stand, as soon as she said, excuse me, they would stop in their footsteps, turn around, and boo the hell out of her and be like, I can't stand this woman. So if you do it, so if you get the fans to do that, then you're doing a good job as a heel. You yeah. know? No, you're you're right. I just wish that to get him off my TV. That's all I ask. Might be a nice guy. <laughs> just please. I mean, Vicky's a great uh, personality, and you know, as far as what she does. But you know, it, it's just interesting. And you know, Shad, we really we can't thank you enough for coming on. And you know, this has been a great interview for us as uh, as big I'm fans worried, of yours man. to be able to to talk to you and everything. And you know, we wish you much, much success uh, as far as the television shows, and hopefully we'll be able to see you on the TV in the future, even if it's not standing in the ring with Johnny Ace, giving him some lessons. Hopefully you'll be on our TV, and we can see that soon. Honestly, you know, my girls told me that I got, I got some more time before we put my son to bed. So if you guys want, you know, five, ten more minutes, I'm more than willing to answer your questions, man. I have no problem with it, man. Because you guys are good. Oh, you guys wow. are cool. You guys are cool, so I don't, I don't mind. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, we, we really appreciate that. Um Joe, you got anything? Because uh, I got a couple questions, but I gotta I gotta hand it over to my partner. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I gotta ask Chad, um, th- what would you say is the highlight of your wrestling career? Um, the highlight of my wrestling career. Uh, yeah. You know what? The highlight of my wrestling career was not in the ring. Okay, and this is really? the thing. When I was when I was in OVW, right? Uh, like uh, you know, we're 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 in developmental. We were really struggling, you know, and you're struggling because you want to live your dream. You're, you're out there hustling, 
do whatever you can. And um, I remember one night um, I went to the grocery store and I didn't have enough money to pay for all my groceries. And it was I, I didn't even have more than ten items, but I was broke, <laughs> you know. And all I wanted was some steak, you know what I'm saying, and some sauce and all that kind of stuff, just some, just cooked steak and anything like that. And I was literally in line and I'm like literally like just frustrated and pissed off because I want to. I'm like, yo, what the f am I doing out here? You know what I'm saying? I could be on the road. Bodyguarding somebody, making a couple of thousand dollars in, uh, a week, you know what I'm saying? Screw this. And just when I was just that frustrated, this lady who's in line ahead of me, and she already had paid for her groceries, said, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing, ma'am. I just can't pay for my groceries. I got to put some stuff back. She said, oh, I got you. And she took the time, and she paid for my groceries. Wow. And literally, it made me, it literally, I was, she, and, she, and she looked at me, she said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because you know what? Anything worth having is worth working for. And that's my, my pops used to tell me that all the time when I was growing up. And honest to God, I got my contract, like my full contract, uh, two weeks later. You know? Wow. And my best moment was I was out at a grocery store, and I just paid for my groceries, and literally this lady was in line, and her kids were yelling and screaming, and, you know, saying she's in line next to mine. And the same thing, and I was like, you know what? It's time for me to pay it forward. <laughs> and I walked over, and her bill was like um, hundred some dollars, and she had more groceries. She was like, "Okay, um, okay, I got a bunch of things." That and the lady, the cashier, was being rude. I was like, "Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ring all these up." And she rang them all up. I was like, "Great." I was like, "Cool." Slide my car through, put my pin code in. I was like, "There you go. Have a nice day." <laughs> and I walked away. And wow. that's my that's my greatest wrestling moment. That's definitely that, that's great. I actually thought you were gonna say that. Uh, you know, you couldn't pay for your groceries, and then Johnny Ace came and paid them for you, and that's why you, you know, you love the guy so much. I, I, I thought that's where the story was going. No, you know what? I, honestly, and I can actually tell the story now, because, but uh, the reason I, I love Johnny so much, honestly, man, and um, it's weird because Chris Benoit has nothing to do with this also, which, you know, my uh, uh, my first WrestleMania, uh, my ex-wife, my fiance at the time, um, she had a miscarriage, and I found out. Oh five minutes before we were walking out the door to go do autograph signing and it literally broke me down and I just started punching the wall and I started breaking stuff you know what I'm saying and they took me to my hotel room and uh, actually it's weird uh, <laughs> Benoit actually came to my room with his son and talked to me and made sure I was alright uh, Finley called me um, a lot of uh, Steamboat a couple other guys called me and Johnny actually came to my room and he made sure I was alright and then even after my uh, my divorce of uh, that one, <laughs> that <Yeah>. wife. <laughs> you know, Johnny actually, okay. you know, pulled me aside into the office. Was like, you okay, kid? And you know, he actually sat me down, took care of me. You know, saying helped me out a whole lot and got me back on my feet to where I need to get my mindset. And it wasn't, you know, hey, I got an athlete here. I need to get his mindset to make me money. It was, hey, I have a man here, and I understand what he's going through, and so I need to help him out. You know, so. Yeah. You know, that's a great story because, uh, again, as fans, you, re you may read stuff on the Internet, it's true or not true, but uh, I've, this is the first time I've ever heard anything positive about Johnny Ace, and I mean that, you know, in all sincerity and all due respect to him because I don't know him, but you all you hear is negative, you read negative things, and I know that, you know, a lot of the stuff is made up or whatever, but it's nice to hear, uh, you know, good stories and, and kind things about him because obviously you have no reason to, to just uh, talk about him and, and say you know, make up these stories, but the fact that, that you're so fond of him because of the type of guy he is uh, off camera and personally, that, that, that's really nice to hear, you know, I, I have to say. Well, you got to remember, man, Johnny's, Johnny's a dream crusher. 
And that's his job. His job is to crush people's dreams, you know, because business comes before dreams. That's just the way it works out here. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's like right. you can't. And when you're when you when you when your job is to literally crush people's dreams, you know, you have to deal with the fact that they're going to hate you, you know. But it's nothing personal. Right. It's nothing, you know, malicious. It's strictly business. It's like, hey, this guy's not going to make me money, so I can't keep him around. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad yeah. he has heart. I'm glad he has passion. And that does mean something. But at the end of the day, okay, when we put the zeros on paper, they have to tally up and have to say, we us investing money into this guy is going to make me a bigger return than I'm putting in. And if it doesn't, I got to do my job, you know. And it's a cold-hearted way of thinking. A lot, and a lot of guys who've had who've, who've had his position, you know, <laughs> they've you know snuck around doing it and really couldn't do it like he does it. But he's he's a very you know strictly business kind of guy when it comes to that thing. When he called me for my release, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a bad conversation. It was like we knew, like we both knew what what had, what had to be done. You know, we talked about it. And he was like, he was like, dude, you're the first person I'm calling. The reason I'm calling you first is because, you know, I know you, <laughs> and you you understand where I'm coming from. And so we discussed it. We talked for about a half an hour, and he was like, great. I'm glad we're on this level. You know, let's always stay on this level. I was like, that's what, I was like, that's that's business. That's how we do. You know, so. Yeah. Now, now, Shad, how do you feel about like certain wrestlers that are over the hill and past their prime, and don't give the young talent enough airtime? I mean. Do you feel like that they're, they should just go away forever? And you know who I'm referring to when I'm talking about people that are over the hill to make room for the younger talent for the TV. Um, it depends. You know what? This is and this is and this is a this is a, a thing that is not just in wrestling but in any sport. You know what I'm saying? Or any industry. You know, and this is the way I feel it. If a young lion wants to take the position of an old lion, he has to earn it. Plain and simple. You know, if the young yeah. lion wants to wants to take the position of the old lion and move him out of the pride and send him on his way, he can't ask for it. It can't be given to him. He has to take it and prove that he deserves it more. You know, and hands down, there are a lot of old lions that we that we have that keep on proving year after year they can stay around. Undertaker is one of my all time favorites. Okay. I have not seen anyone, any young talent, okay, showcase like Undertaker. And when I say young talent, I mean the only person I could even consider who I think can showcase like Undertaker is Randy Orton. You know what I mean? Because the Undertaker, hands down, he makes you believe, he makes you feel, he makes you understand, and he makes you just, he makes your heart just race when you see him in the ring and he does certain things. All right, WrestleMania, watching him in the ring, you literally know you're watching the man wrestle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Can you definitely. honestly say you feel the same can you honestly say you feel the same way when you watch Cody Rhodes? At this point you know? in his career, I mean Cody's talented, but definitely it's definitely not the same thing. You you can't even compare. What about when you see John Cena? Oh, please. We 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 I mean, we don't like Randy Orton either, but John Cena is somebody that we we're just like we're tired of him. We want him to go away for a very long time. So I, I can tell you that honestly, when I see John Cena, what I see is let me change the channel and put something else on 
But that's just me personally. The kids love them yeah. and have their feel, feelings. But I don't, I don't see that when I see Cena. I don't. And to compare him to the Undertaker, to me, it's like you know, just out of this world. Now, Randy Orton. Now, I've watched Randy in matches, and it literally gave me goose pimples to watch him work. To be in the same ring with him literally gave me goose pimples to watch him work. Okay, to watch him catch Evan Bourne. Okay, precisely at the right moment for RKO in mid air. That was great. I have to give him that much. That was great. Now, Shad, I gotta be honest with you. Shad, let me let me just interrupt because I I I need you to set the record straight here because me and DG believe that Orton is one of those troublemakers that causes trouble in the back, in the you know in the back area. Like for example, we feel like we've heard that he's gotten people fired. He gets annoyed in the ring if you hurt him by accident, and it's that that kind of stuff that turns us off from Randy Orton. I mean, honestly, if uh. For guys to say that, you know, one person has that kind of power, there are very few guys who have that kind of power to just say, I want this guy fired, he's fired. Okay? And Randy's one of those guys who does have that kind of clout and that kind of power, but he doesn't use that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Randy's not, like, from the years that I've known him, I've never met, met him to not be a man. And when I say be a man, I mean, you know, Certain guys are chest stabbers. Certain guys are backstabbers. Randy's a chest stabber. You're going to see Randy Orton coming straight at you, eyes glaring, and he's going to be nose to nose you, and he's not going to he's not going to wait till you turn around. He's going to stab you in your gut. He's going to stab you in your chest, and he's going to tell you to go try to stab him back. And then when it's done, it's done, and you and he and he'll move on, just like you should. But he won't yeah. wait till your back is turned. You know what I'm saying? Now there are guys in the business who. They, they they stab guys in different ways. They'll wait for you to turn your back around, and as soon as your back is turned around, they'll say something to an agent, and then they'll say something to somebody in creative, and then they'll say something to the fence passing by. And slowly, they'll plant the seeds in anybody else's head so they think just like that person. You see what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. I mean, Joe, Joe brought it up, and again, I go back to the same thing, and, and you touched on it. We don't know because we only know what we hear, but you know the the real deal. You just we've heard a lot of negative things about Randy, like he got Ken Anderson fired. Uh, there's one instance where I saw he's wrestling Kofi Kingston, and Kofi, you know, you can see he messed up um, when he was supposed to stand up for the RKO, and he, and he just took it wrong, and you you actually see uh, Randy. Yelling at stupid, stupid, stupid at him and punching, you know, punching uh, the the ground, and it, it it looks like he was visibly frustrated. And I don't know. It, it it seemed out of character. I know he was a heel at the time, but 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 it's stuff like that that we've seen, that we've heard, that we've read, that why we form opinions on certain guys. And uh, you know, we've heard things about John Cena usually positive. So again, we don't know. And you you talking about Randy in such a positive light, it, it definitely makes things uh, a little bit different for us because it shows, all right, maybe he's not as bad as we've heard, you know? Well, I, I mean, honestly, man, if, if, if I had to go into if I had to go into war with somebody who you know I knew would be a man, I'd take Randy Orton over John Cena any day. And that's not saying nothing bad about John Cena, but it's just because the kind of man I know Randy is, you know? He's but, I mean, like honestly, the guy's a great father to his, to his kid. He's a great husband to his wife. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, he's just Randy's a man, you know. Now he's done. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, we've all been kids and done dumb things back in the day. I mean, <laughs> I can tell you some stories of things that I've done that never saw the light of day and should have got me fired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, 
Randy's a man's man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, on, and he right. honestly, and, and 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 you guys gotta understand, we're on the road. Okay, I'm, the day after Christmas, we're on the road, working. Right. Okay. A week before Christmas, we're working. New Year's Eve, we're usually flying home, and if we're not flying home, we're flying to the next town to work. Okay. We're literally on the road around each other so much, so many times, and so many different matches. And the frustration in all that, you know what I'm saying, travel, time, that can wear on anybody, okay? You find me a, right. coal mining, a, a, a coal miner, okay, or a teacher, or anybody who does any kind of job, and they're literally on the job 24-7, 365, like we are, with no vacation time, Okay? We don't get paid vacations. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Best thing, the, best, the best thing that can happen to you in WWE, if you want a vacation, is you get injured. And trust me, I've seen guys go to the ring, and they work a match, and they get injured, and they come backstage. I'm like, yo, yo, are you all right? And they're like, no, I'm, I'm great. I told my ACL, I'm going home. I'm going home. <laughs> 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 because that's the closest you're going to get to a vacation, okay, unless, well. you, unless, unless, they, don't, unless they just don't want you on the road. Which at that wow. point you're sitting at home not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just so great to hear all these different stories and things coming from uh, an insider because it's just I've always been fascinated by wrestling. I've always been fascinated by what may happen behind scenes or, or what we don't see on television. So you know, we know you guys put your your bodies through hell and you go through go through so many different things for the fans and you see those commercials about don't try this at home. So I know we personally appreciate you. We appreciate your business and. And what you guys do, and we've been fans since we were kids, and you know, I've 25 years I've been watching Joe, you know, a little longer than that, and wrestling is is in our blood, and, and you know, again, Chad, uh, we're running out of time here, uh, but we appreciate so much the, the time that you you were able to give us and to spend with us, and I gotta admit, it's pretty cool to have a guest actually tell us, hey man, you know, you guys are cool, I'll give you I'll give you five or ten more minutes because uh, that that's a <laughs> for us here on on Pure Gold. Always well, great. You know what? Ask ask anybody that's ever done an interview with me. They'll tell you, man. If if I feel the conversation, I'll continue it. If I don't, you know, I, I'll end the show and be like, all right, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> but honestly, man, it's been, it, it sounds it's been nice talking to you guys, man. I guarantee you, some fans are gonna read uh, is gonna hear what I just said is now. They're gonna put it on the internet. He has no idea what he's talking about. He doesn't know Randy Orton's an a hole. He didn't sign my kid's thing. Well, you know what? Randy probably was a heel, or if he wasn't a heel. He's been traveling for a long time. That's why I didn't sign your kid's autograph. I remember one time a lady got mad at Batista because he would have stopped and talked to her kid. And mind you, at the time, Dave had just hurt his lower back, and it literally pained him to stand up straight. But he knew that walking through the airport, he had to look like the animal. He had to look yeah. like that monster. And so he put his sunglasses on, and he walked through the airport in pain. And while people are poking on him, and every time you touch him, it hurts him, you know, they're like, give me what I got, give me what I got. He's like, I just want to get to my plane. I'm hurt. You just saw me get suplexed on a car last night, you know, and then you would be happy right now. Come on, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, if it's so true. Else, and... you would not, if, if, we, if anybody knew the pain we go through, they wouldn't bother us like that. But they do. And then they call us a hole right. if we don't sign or do something for them. And it's like, I'm not an a-hole. I'm just in pain and I'm tired. I've been working a, I've been working a, 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 a three-day shift. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hey, you're just a regular dude, you know, trying try to go exactly. about your business, and, and people have to understand that. But uh, you know, again, Chad, thanks so much, and uh, you've been a great guest, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future when uh, when something comes your way that you'd like to uh, discuss or 
some some you know big events going on in your life in terms of uh, your career, <laughs> wrestling or otherwise. Uh, no worries, man. Hey, just look out for me in January. There's a lot of primetime shows uh, start up back again in January. I got a bunch of TV shows that I'm uh, I'm on, so I can't tell you about all of them because I signed confidentiality agreements. But of course, if they're of course. ready to prom- promote it, you'll see it. You'll see you'll hear about it. Definitely, sir. Thank you so much, Chad. We really appreciate it. No worries, guys. You guys be safe. All right, take care. Folks, that was the one and only Shad, and I'm, I'm not even sure if I uh, pronounced his last name correctly, but Shad Gaspard, the one and only member of Crime Time, and I have to say, and we, we were expecting it to be a much shorter interview, but wow, I mean, Shad was so into the interview that he actually said, no, I'll give you guys more time, let's keep talking. <laughs> Joe, yeah. that's a first in the history of Pure Gold, that is an absolute first. I could definitely say that Shad brought the money, money, and we brought the yeah, yeah in that interview. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, sir. And I, I think I thanked him about seven different times because I, you know, I thought he had to go. Typically, you know, people are telling us, "Yeah, we'll get ten minutes. We'll give you fifteen minutes. We'll give you twenty minutes." I remember Doug Martin told us one time, "I can't go past fifteen minutes with you guys," and he did like forty minutes nonstop with us. So you know, it, you know, this show, it's a, this show is so good, and we are so good at what we do that people can't help but want to give us their time. Time, yeah, yeah, sir. And on that note, as we end the show, we're going to have to close out. Uh, we're going to be back Thursday for hopefully uh, another semi-abbreviated show, but we're going to have uh, the one and only Miss Oklahoma 2010, actually the runner-up to Miss USA 2010 as well, uh, Morgan Woolard, who is awesome. I've been uh, contacting her. This has been going on for months on Twitter. She's a great girl. She's really uh, you know, passionate. She uh, loves the, the good Lord above, and she's doing her modeling career and everything. So we'll be discussing that with her. We'll be discussing the Miss USA pageant and some other things. Of course, as Pure Gold goes off into a different direction, just like when we had Rima Faki on with us. Um, but this is a great week, sir. And, you know, Thursday we're going to touch on uh, the Giants from Sunday, and we're going to touch on the Giants and the Patriots, and, of course, uh, the Jets who are back in action. Sir, it was a pleasure, as always. As always, and just as we close, I just want to wish my daughter, Sabrina, a very happy birthday tomorrow. She will be three years old. Oh, in about an hour she'll turn three years old. That is awesome. We wish Sabrina nothing but the best. Hopefully soon enough she'll be able to be a guest on the show and we can discuss uh, Supergirl, <laughs> what, she, what she was for Halloween, and a whole slew of other things that will interest a three- and a four-year-old, sir. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> sir, a pleasure, yours, of course. And, folks, it's been a pleasure doing Pure Gold for you tonight. We appreciate your time, your money, of course. Send that in. Checks made payable to DRG uh, Designs or uh, Pure Gold Enterprises. Um, you know, make sure to check us out Thursday at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, for JB, this is DG reminding you to always keep it PG. And, of course, Shad, you got to remember that, sir. Thank you very much to Shad Gaspard, former member of the Crime Time and the WWE. And thank you all for listening to Pure Gold this evening. Good night, and see you on Thursday.